You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Well, hey guys, we are in the Christmas season right now. And for some of us, that's really, really good news because you're a Christmas person. You probably decorated your house already. You probably have Christmas music you are listening to. You are driving your friends who are non-Christmas people crazy. And you're looking forward to this time of gathering friends and family and presents. And uh, this time also can be incredibly hard for people too. Uh, it's the time of year. Uh, less sun. It's kind of colder, kind of dark. It could be that for you. It could be the fact that this is the first Christmas or... Uh, the umpteenth Christmas where somebody very precious to you is not here. They are no longer here. Or it could be difficult because uh, there's somebody in your family that is still here. And they are still difficult for you. And that's why it's really hard. Because we are family. Like sometimes, sometimes that is our trial. That they're still here. And so, that's totally a joke by the way. But the feeling is not. Um, so we're talking about, you're in a series right now called We Are Family. God yeah, the Christmas invitation, if you read Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, uh, Paul writes the fact that Christmas happened, Jesus came to this world to invite you into God's family. And if you're a person who's walked with Jesus Christ, who is gathered with the local church, the gathering of people, you've got a grace group, you're serving a ministry, you know the reality that sometimes those relationships that God gives you, your spiritual brothers and sisters, are just as much family, if not more family, to you than your actual family. And so we're doing a study this week and next week on uh, the Holy Family, T- studying Mary this week, taking Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, next week. Jesus was from a blended family. We'll talk about that in detail next week. But this week, we're talking about Mary. And so with Mary, we're going to see how an incredible opportunity, this is a job she didn't find on Indeed and didn't apply for, to be the mother of the Savior. Uh, she didn't earn this responsibility or right. God just, out of his goodness and love, gave her the privilege. God looked out in this world and could have picked any young lady, you know, in her mid-teens, late teens, and likely, that's likely her age, and picked out Mary. Why did he pick Mary? What a privilege it was. We're going to see then what Jesus said about his mom. Because what Jesus said about his mom later absolutely turns on his head everything you know about Mary and yourself. We'll talk, do you know what Jesus said about his mom later that kind of upended the whole worldview of her and of us? We'll talk about that today. We're going to give you the opportunity this weekend to both give your life to Christ and be baptized. There are people in every single church, including Grace Church, at Olathe, at North Overland Park, at South Overland Park, who look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian, smell like a Christian, whatever that means, I have no idea. Apparently it's potpourri if you go to Christian bookstores. That's the smell of a Christian. Uh, but you're not a Christian. It doesn't matter if you were baptized as a baby, if you served in ministry. If you, There are people, Jesus said one of these days, that will knock, knock, knock. Say, well, didn't we do all these wonderful things? We talked in your name. We did miracles. Jesus says, I never knew you. Like your, your salvation experience was never a reality. Are you 100% sure that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? I made sure when I was 19 years old. And it changed my life. First John has all these little tests to let you know, do you have Christ? Look inside your soul. Look inside your life. Is Christ there? That's the test. If you have Christ, you're his. If you don't have Christ, 
You're not his. And today you can fix that. God's calling you to receive his offer of joining his family, making sure you have Christ as Savior. We're also going to be the chance to be baptized at all locations. Baptism is hugely important for your spiritual growth. Baptism is the wedding ring. The wedding ring of Christianity. I took my wedding ring off. I'm still married last I checked. I have no wedding ring on. You can put a wedding ring on somebody who's single. Doesn't make them married. Just because you get in the water, it's, it's the wedding ring. But I wear my red, wedding ring as a symbol to all that I've committed myself in a covenant relationship to my wife, Kathy. That God made two people one. And I, I symbolize that. That's what baptism is. Baptism is your coming out part of you saying, declaring to the world, I I have given my life to Jesus Christ. My old life is dead and gone. My new life is risen. That's what the whole baptism means. Literally, baptism means immersed. People would be down in the water. You'd be visiting. There's no baptism classes in Jesus' day. There was no signing up for baptisms. There's no planning and there's no photos. There's no cameras in Jesus' day. They just simply read a message. Somebody spoke a message that if you want to follow Jesus Christ, you want to follow the Lord, then you come down right now. They clambered with their clothes into that water at whatever state and temperature and dirtiness that water was and showed the world their old life is gone. Gone. Their new life is risen with Christ. And there are people in this room. There are people online. There are people that need to be baptized. You've not been baptized since you received Christ as Savior. So I was baptized as a child. So was I. That was my parents' decision, a fantastic decision of my parents, not my decision. They were doing that in the hopes that I would embrace that myself. Matthew 28 says, baptism is when you embrace it for yourself. You become a disciple, a learner who follows. Then you are baptized. And then you're able to be taught all things. It's hugely important for your spiritual growth. Is it time for you to be baptized? At the end of our service, you can have that opportunity. So let's pray. We're going to study Mary today, how incredible this was, and something Jesus said about his mom, which upends the entire worldview of her. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I do pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit. I've been praying for, for this service and for these people that the Holy Spirit would have free reign, would be speaking, that people would have an open, sensitive heart, that any... Uh, demonic opposition would be silenced in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray you would call people to salvation. You would call people to show the world that they are followers of Christ by being baptized at the end of this service. And God, I pray also that you would move in our lives, help us to see how amazing it would be to be Mary, chosen by God for something that nobody in history would experience but her. And then to see what, Jesus, you said about your mom at a certain point. That's hugely important for our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. You're going to join me in Luke chapter 1. When Mary learns for the first time that she was chosen by God for this incredible role. And so it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Okay, a couple of things about this young, this young girl. Uh, she was from the Galilee. Now, there's three areas in Israel in Jesus' day, the Galilee, Samaria, and Judea. Galilee in the north were the country bumpkins with the country bumpkin accent. 
They were looked down upon by the Judeans. The Judean was the urban area, the place with the actual Jewish temple and Jerusalem where the real Jews of Jews would live. And in the middle was Samaria that everybody avoided because those were half Jewish, half Gentile. They didn't interact with them. They questioned, do they even have souls, these people? And so she was born in the lesser uh, respectable area and also a lesser respectable city. They joked in the Bible about people being from Nazareth. Like, can anything good come out of that city? That's where she's from. And so it says in verse 27... Who was Mary? Well, this angel was sent to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, a couple things about her. First of all, she is a virgin. In fact, you find out she's a virgin twice before he even gives the name to a virgin. The virgin's name was Mary. This is a prophecy from Isaiah 7 verse 14. That the Messiah would come to a virgin who was never with a man. She was also very pure. She wasn't like pushing the line in this. Virgin implied purity. How far can I go without being wrong? Man, she was pure. She was also engaged. Engagement in Jesus' day was different than engagement in our day. Engagement was a legal contract. If you broke an engagement in Jesus' day, you'd have to get a legal divorce. It's like in our day, what happens in our day? Um, you just give back the ring and your stuff. You're done. Like that happened to me. I was engaged to another woman before my wife, Kathy. And our engagement broke off when my fiance started dating a guy. And uh, that was very difficult. And I can smile now, but man, I was blubbering like an idiot back then. And uh, so the reason, it was hard for the three of us to move forward in this marriage. Me and my fiance and her boyfriend. So um, it was very difficult. So, but, so what, so how do we break off the engagement? She finally admitted, yes, there's a guy, which was a nightmare, but I got a box. The official engagement broke a box of stuff she no longer wanted, which included the wedding ring, which included the letter jacket, when they used to have letter jackets back in the day, right? Included the sweater she didn't want to wear anymore that smelled of me, you know, that kind of stuff. All that kind of, that's all it was. In Jesus' day, you needed an actual legal divorce. This was a woman that both families had gathered together. Both families had agreed to the wedding. She was a year or year plus out. She was preparing herself for her wedding. Her husband went home to build a home or a room for her and would come for her one of these days at a time she didn't know and bring her back. She's planning her wedding. And she and uh, her husband, future husband, are of the house of David. This is really important, by the way, because David had the right to the throne. The Messiah would take over the throne of King David. And actually, if you look at the two genealogies, in one in Luke, one in Matthew, Mary's genealogy is from Luke. She's also descended from David to Nathan. So her descendants have the right to the throne. So does uh, Joseph, uh, David to Solomon over in Matthew. So she has every right to this. What else do we learn about her at verse 20, 28 now? And the angel, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Well, you start to see some reasons why God chose her. She's a virgin uh, of the house of David, but also the Lord was with her. Like, there's a difference. You can tell if the Lord is with somebody or the Lord is not with somebody. Like, so many people are really moral, nice people, honest. You would trust them. And then other people have all that, and you sense God in their life. That's her. 
Like here's, here's a young lady in her mid to later teens. Like people saw the Lord with her. She sensed the Lord in her life. It wasn't like that she was going to be given Jesus, Son of God, and now she would walk with God. She was walking with God. It says this in verse 29. But when she saw him, this angel, she was troubled at his saying. And consider what manner of greeting this was. What in the world is going on? Verse 30. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. The most mentioned commandment in all the Bible. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, he gives her her three first responsibilities. You will conceive in your womb that God would place the single-celled Jesus in her womb. And nine months later, bring forth a son. Second thing, conception, nine months later, the birth, and shall call his name Jesus. So usually in, in uh, Jesus' day, families would name people after a relative, after the father. That was the right of the parents to name a child. God himself is the father. It's his son. So he's taking the rights away from them, saying, you're naming the son after me. How is Jesus named after God? The word Jesus we use is Yeshua in Hebrew or Yahashua. Je-Yahashua. Yahweh, God. Hashua, Hosea, salvation. He says, name my son after me. I am salvation. Jesus means God is salvation. He didn't offer salvation, make you work for your salvation. God is your salvation. That's his name. He says this. Then the angel tells her, it's not going to be about you. It's not about you. It's not about you, Mary. It's not about you, Mary. It's about him. Notice the word, use the word he and him. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. That's me. It's not about you, Mary. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he, it's about him, will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his, it's about him, of his kingdom, there will be no end. I mean, clearly the angel says, this is about Jesus, it's about Jesus, it's about Jesus. An amazing privilege you have. She does have a follow-up question, not asked in doubt. She believes these promises, and she's just like, so how is this going to happen? Because I'm engaged, I'm looking forward to my wedding, we're planning my wedding, and any moment it could happen. What? How, how, I don't know a guy, I've never been with a guy, how's this going to happen? And the, the angel says, the Holy Spirit himself will place Jesus in your womb. You'll conceive. So three quick things we need to know about Mary. Uh, Follow-up things. First of all, she believed. Mary, Mary believed. When you read in Luke 1, verse 45, she visits her uh, relative named Elizabeth. Elizabeth comments, Blessed is, is the woman who believed. When you hear promises of God, when you hear promises of God, do you believe them or not? So she, she was a person who believed. God picked a woman that when she heard promises from God... She would say, no matter how hard it was to believe, how scientifically difficult to believe, how crazy it was to believe, she believed God. What kind of promises had she heard? The Lord is with you. I believe that. You are blessed among women. I do believe that. You're a virgin, but you're going to get pregnant. I believe that. And that baby's going to be a boy. 
I, I believe you, God. And you're going to name him Jesus after dad. God is salvation. I believe that. And he will reign over the throne of Israel. She believed, she believed, she believed, she believed. God picked somebody who believed God's promises. And, nothing about her, she was a sinner. Okay, there's different religious backgrounds that wonder if she's a sinner or if she never sinned. Mary, by her own admission, said, I'm a sinner. So just believe her words. For, take her word for it. Because when she's celebrating this moment in Luke chapter 1, verse 47, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. She didn't say, God, your Savior. God, the world's Savior. God, my Savior. You don't need a Savior unless you have sins to be saved from. She was a sinner. We don't know what kind of sins that Mary committed. Maybe she lied at different points. Deceive people. Maybe she had uh, arrogance or pride. Maybe she had gossiped at different points. Talk about people she should not talk about. Or was angry without a cause. Who knows what kinds of sins that she'd committed. But she knew she needed her Savior. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. She was giving birth to the Savior, her Savior. One more thing. They had more kids. Mary had more kids. You know those families who uh, name every child after the same first initial? You know, the M family. There's Mary and Mark, Marvin, Mert, whatever names you have. Well, they did the same thing. So here comes Jesus. And then uh, his brother James and Joseph and Judas. They ran out of J names. And Simon, okay? Jesus, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, get over here. He had four, at least four uh, half-brothers, younger brothers. Jesus was an older brother, and he also had multiple sisters. So they, uh, after the birth of Jesus, they had uh, kids the old-fashioned way. And so they had, she had more kids. Okay, so let's talk about then uh, what, what an amazing moment it would be to be Mary. Can you imagine being chosen by God to be Mary? Three things jump out at me. First of all, she had this family relationship with Jesus. A family relationship with Jesus. Like, you ever meet somebody and not realize they're related to somebody famous? So you're talking to somebody and you're like, oh, that actor? Yeah, yeah, I, that's my cousin. You, you are cousin of so-and-so? I, really? Yeah, yeah, the mayor. Oh, yeah, the mayor. Yeah, that's yeah, my relative. You're related to the mayor? Are you, are you kidding me? So this is, imagine for the rest of her life... They would say to her, they'd meet her and say, you were the mother of Jesus? She had a family connection. Think about how these two phrases sound to you when, you, when your family are not in the family. I'm going to say two phrases to you. First of all, I'm going to say this. Listen, you and me, we are not family. We are not family. How's that feel? Feel the opposite. Listen, we're family. We are family. It feels totally different. One feels accepting. The relationship is not at risk. We're going to be connected. And that's what happens in God's family. Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5 says, Jesus Christ came to this world to offer you to be part of his family where brothers and sisters are just as connected, if not more so, than your biological family connections. She had this family connection with Jesus that would always be there. What a privilege. She also had insider access to Jesus. Insider access to Jesus. 
This is a picture of what the Jews would do at eight days old with a baby boy. So part of being a Jewish person, if you had a child that's a baby boy, at eight days old, you would take your baby boy and show up at the temple where he would be circumcised. And that was a symbol to all that, that this child was continuing in the covenant family passed down from Abraham all the way to the nation of Israel. Our family is going to follow the Sabbath laws, avoid pork. We're going to be giving. We're going to be serving, keeping ourselves pure. And they brought baby Jesus eight days old to the temple. This guy's waiting. Simeon's waiting. He's been told he is not going to die until he sees the Messiah. Another lady named Anna is also there. And these, she's insider access. This, this man takes the baby, eight-day-old baby Jesus in his arms and says, I, I can die now. Imagine that. If you go to some event, some child dedication, some old dude says, I've been, I'm, I'm not going to die until I saw your baby boy. And now I can die a happy man. Because they saw it. Imagine all these moments Mary got to see over the years. She's an insider. The first time the baby Jesus smiled. Did you see? She had insider access. The first time he laughed, I think he just laughed. He laughed. First time baby Jesus crawled, he's, he's taking his first little crawl steps. First time baby Jesus took his first step, child Jesus, hey, you can do it, just one step. Walk, walk to Joseph, walk, you can do it. Like all these insider moments. In fact, John the apostle makes comments about Jesus. In the Gospel of John, he says, if all the things Jesus experienced or did were recorded in written form, even the world could not contain the books. Like, she had so many stories that we have no idea about that one of these days we can learn insider access to Jesus being married. She also had a unique role for Jesus. Nobody in history would have her role. I mean, nobody else in history would, would say, I think I just felt an elbow or a knee. Just kind of, I think I just, yeah, Jesus is elbowing me on the inside. Nobody in history would nurse Jesus like her. How about burping the son of God? This is the creator of the universe. I just burp the creator. Like nobody in history is going to burp the creator, but her and her husband, my goodness. She had a unique role. God picked her for a unique role. It would be amazing to be her. Having said that, do you know what Jesus said about his mom, which turned everything on its head? What did Jesus say about his mom? So fast forward now, he's around 30 years old, his ministry is blowing up, people are coming to him, and his mom and his brothers think he's gone cuckoo. He's this, he's this new cult leader who's lost his mind. And it says over in Mark chapter 3, look what it says, Mark chapter 3 verse 20, then the multitude came together again. So that they could not so much as eat bread. There were so many people and so many needs and so much ministry. They're fasting, not by choice. They're fasting because they have no time to eat. Mom and brothers hear about this. Verse 21. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him. For they said, he is out of his mind Okay, the whole leaving the family carpentry business, I get that. Traipsing around with these 12 dudes in the country, I get that. But seriously, not even eating, he's lost his mind now. So they show up at this event, verse 31. Then his brothers, that's James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his mom. There's Mary, they're on the outside of this crowd. 
His mother came and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. Would you please tell Jesus that his mom is here? Would you tell Jesus that James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, yeah, we're all, we want to see him. Verse 32. And a multitude was sitting around him. And they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Can't you just hear Peter saying, your mommy's here. You know, your mommy really wants you to come out and see her and leave this thing going on. So he's looking around. Um, I might have said it. Uh, back in the day. Verse 33. He answered them saying, who is my mother or my brothers? And I'm certainly there going, uh, did you forget? That's Mary, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. What do you mean who your mom or They're outside. They're asking for you. And here he turns everything on its head. And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Not Mary, not James, not Joseph, not Judas, not Simon, but the people sitting around him. And he defines what he's talking about, verse 35. For whoever, anybody can have that. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. Here Jesus basically turns everything we know on its head. He doesn't devalue Mary. Her role is still her role, which is incredible. He simply values us so much saying, why do you think you have less than Mary? Do you think you have less opportunity, access, privilege than Mary? If you do the will of God, if you follow him, you have the same. He looks around. In fact, wherever you are, look around the room. If you are followers of Jesus Christ, these are, this is your mother and your brothers and your sisters right there a few feet from you. That's what Jesus said. So think about all the things we have. We have the same family relationship with Jesus. Same family relationship. Uh, I heard a story. I think... I don't know if it wows. I find myself not wowed like I should be. Saying, who is your brother? Well, I, I'm, I'm actually related to Jesus. He's, he's my brother. That's true. That's true about you. Who is your brother? Well, Jesus is my brother. It's, it reminds me of Diane Disney. I heard a story about Diane Disney, the daughter of Walt Disney. So she was going to school, and she just knew Walt Disney as dad. And she was going to school, and all these little friends started saying, Hey, can we see your dad? Can you get an autograph for your dad? And so she marches home one day and, and tells her dad, You didn't tell me you were Walt Disney. You are Walt Disney? I had no idea. My dad is Walt Disney. Put that on steroids. That is Jesus. I had no idea. My brother, my relative, is Jesus Christ. You have a family connection to Jesus. It should wow you like Diane Disney getting wowed once again. Your bro- Let it sink in. Just say in your mind, say this phrase. If you have Christ as Savior. If not, you can't say it yet. So just be quiet. Just listen to us. But <laughs> welcome to Grace Church. <laughs> but if you have Christ as Savior, just, just, just say, say the phrase or mouth it. My brother is Jesus. Jesus is my brother. Jesus is my family. That's the reality. In fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 29 says this. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That means God foreknew you before time began, before even the universe was created. He foreknew you, and he predestined you to be changed into Christ's character. That's what God values, the inside out. That he might be the firstborn... Among many brethren. Hey, who's in your family? Well, it's, you know, my 
my mom, my dad, my sister, Angie, and, and Jesus. I'm also related to Jesus. It's, it's my brother. We also have this insider access to Jesus. And he praises us up. So yes, Mary has plenty of things that no one will ever know till heaven. But guess what? When you follow Jesus, you know this is true. How many things has God done in your life and just shown you and you alone? I've got countless stories myself, and those who follow Jesus, you know that's true. Answered prayers, coincidences, there's moments where God just blessed you, took care of you. You are a front row insider access to Jesus Christ as well, and only you know about this. Only you experience this. Because God's giving you little gifts of being in his family with him. Insider access to Jesus. That's Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Here Jesus says, sometimes as an insider, he becomes an outsider, and you've got to open the door to him once again. Because sometimes we kind of push Jesus out, close the door, and say, thank you. And he's like, can I come back and be an insider for you? Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, it's your choice to open the door and let him in. I will come in. He'll be an insider. Into him and dine with him and he with me. You're the same insider access that Mary had and the same unique role for Jesus that Mary had. The same unique role. No one in history could do what Mary is doing. But guess what? Nobody in history, God wants to do what you God has for you. You have a ministry and a path that's been laid out by God. Whether you're walking it and serving it, it's still laid out in front of you. And God wants you. He designed you for this moment in this ministry. This is in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Paul says this. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul talked about his race and his unique ministry to testify the gospel. Every person in God's family has a unique race, a unique path, a unique role for Jesus Christ. That God uniquely fits you and you are going to be uniquely dissatisfied with your life until you are being used by God. As much as my hand would be dissatisfied if I just kind of put it in a sling and let it sit there, it would kind of atrophy and hurt. What's wrong with your hand? Well, you know, I know it's a hand, but it doesn't like to do hand things anymore. So it's going to hang out here. What is wrong with your hand? That hand does what it should be doing hand doing hand things feet doing feet things god calls the body of christ a body you're a part of the body and god brings you to life when he uses you to help people impact other people a unique role here's the thing mary had an incredible privilege and then jesus took the family of god put him right up there with mary and says you have the same access same relationship same kind of unique role do you know Christ as Savior? Do you know it? How do you know? Well, it's Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Romans 10, verse 13. At some point, have you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Have you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Have you called yourself, called on the name of the Lord, shall be saved? Please, please, please do that today. Please, if there's some question, give your life to Christ. Have you been baptized after being saved? Have you declared to the world... Why are you waiting? What is the reason? God calls you Matthew 28, and we have opportunity right now in all our locations. What is the reason he would stop you? God's spirit, you know in your soul, he is calling you to be baptized, to show the world your old life is gone, the new life is Christ. You have faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
God, I pray that you would move in our hearts and lives, that people would surrender their hearts and lives in prayer right now to Jesus Christ. If they have some question, they would call out to you in faith. Just pray this. Pray, dear Jesus, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I place my faith in the fact that you died for my sins and you rose again from the grave, that you came to this world for me. And call out to him. Just say, dear Jesus, right now I place my faith in you. I give all the control. I surrender my life, my future, my body, my dreams, everything to you. I am yours right now in this prayer of full surrender. And if you prayed that everything has changed about you spiritually, everything's changed. It's time to show the world. Maybe you've been a Christian for 70 years. And yet the Holy Spirit keeps calling you. It's time to be baptized. Or for 20 years. Or for five years. Or for about 30 seconds. Whatever your situation, it is time to be baptized. Lord, move in our midst. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.